This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. John chapter 1. I feel to just start right here. Um, In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face, in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him. And I'm going to add there, still comes into being because of him. For his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. Then suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John. For he came to be a witness, to point the way to the light of life, and to help everyone believe. John was not that light, but he came to show who he is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us, and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. John taught the truth about him when he announced to the people, He's the one. Set your hearts on him. I told you he would come after me, even though he ranks far above me, for he existed before I was even born. And now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. You know, we've had a a year of the theme in so that was um, just Jesus. And I know for me personally, and I believe for everyone that comes, that um, he's done a lot of things, things I think we may not even realize that he has done. And so I, I, with the faculty, I've set the theme for 2022, Jesus, the living word. And um, I kind of wanted to share my heart tonight with you all regarding that um, because I I believe that everything that's been done this year, um, whether we understand it or not, was setting the stage. These things here are so powerful. The fact that God is visible in this man, Jesus, the father-son ministry principle is so profound because he isn't just Jesus' father. 
He's my father, he's your father. And so the whole aspect of the word taking on flesh, the power of God residing in humans, God has redeemed his intention for mankind. His intention was always that mankind would be the visible expression of his goodness, his faithfulness, his love, his provision, his healing power. Just He is life. So, you know, of course, his intention wasn't just, okay, be healed. It was live, not die. Okay, so healing comes because when humans are sick and don't live, he comes that we could live. So I feel like, and and this is, I literally, what's in my heart, I'm going to let him direct me step by step. Um, in worship, I was looking at um, the pictures that Jack had on the screen, and I was looking at the snowy mountains. They're so beautiful. It, it's just beautiful. And I literally could see an avalanche. I could see an avalanche. And so, like, you know, Babette's, we, there are ones of us that if God shows you a picture or a word, attaches a word to a picture, he's talking. He's talking. So I looked it up, and I, I love all the definitions. The first one was a mass of snow, ice, and rocks falling rapidly down a mountainside. Wonderful. But the second definition struck me. A sudden arrival or occurrence of something in overwhelming quantities. The earth is primed for an overwhelming movement of God. Overwhelming. And I want you to hear my heart tonight because I'm, just because I say things, don't hear what I'm not saying. The earth is primed for an overwhelming move of God, not church. It should happen through the church. But God is simply looking for access points. And so there are some people in the church that maybe are brand new in truth but their hearts are wide open. So God's not looking like, okay, are you fully mature? Are you not fully mature? You understand there's, there's things happening now. There's things happening in the church universal. There's things happening in our household. You can see it. You can feel it in our senior pastor. Um, we have seen it and feel, felt it on Wednesday nights. I'm trusting that you at least have a sensing of it in your own personal life. Even sometimes when when things are happening, we can almost have not a resistance, but because we don't know how to define it and we don't understand it, sometimes we can push it aside. But I want you to think about even that because I feel like even coming hot off the press with everything that I want to share tonight, um, because I don't want to just, I don't want to teach tonight. I feel like together we're letting one year culminate and be actually the entrance to the next year, the, the doorway that's been opened wide. So even this aspect of an avalanche, if you've never looked at or seen avalanche, I encourage you go on YouTube, pull up some videos, let God inspire you with 
not the devastation of a natural avalanche. But what if we really do yield our lives to the way that the Word of God lives in us? Because that's next year, we're going to teach topically the different faculty members. We're going to bring perhaps teaching on faith, teaching on healing, teaching on covenant, Holy Spirit, different things. But I don't want you to just catch the doctrine of it. I want you to allow your heart to be prepared. What is Jesus going to say to your heart regarding these truths? You know, we um, months ago I brought a song in here and we played it during our um, pre-service prayer time. Remember, I speak Jesus. And I feel like we're at a place in the church, in the earth, but yes, here and so as well. How will each of our lives speak Jesus? to our situations, to the situations around us, to the people around us that need God, need this word. We're going to delve into this word next year in really intense ways. But don't have a preconceived idea. Because we're not coming here to simply learn the word. Because remember, I just read John 1. The word is not a book. The, that which comes to us to stir us to have confidence in God, to quote unquote walk in faith, is not a doctrine. The, the, the newborn church, when Jesus was crucified, when he paid the price, when he did what was his responsibility to do, they didn't have the Bible. They had, some of them had encounters with Jesus. And and they kept walking forward from encounters with Jesus. Please don't hear me say, I'm a major word person. But I'm even coming personally to a place where God says, what you've learned in 32 years is so much bigger than what you think you've learned. And that's where we need to understand the impetus of the divine, the seed of this word is the spermos of God. This word causes things that are of God to be conceived inside of us and birthed. And so for me, I'm looking at, okay, Lord, my heart is always, what do you want in so? I don't want to just have a neatly boxed up school. He started us that way for 23 years. He built the foundation of what this open field right here is. So there's a, a phrase I want to share with you all that um, the founding father of this house used, which was legal versus vital. And um, I love those terms, but at the same time, it can be so interesting moving forward in it. Um, the legal would be, for me, I know I'm born again. I know I'm going to heaven I know that I have a covenant with God. I know the doctrine of the nine divine covenants, um, the doctrines of Christ, the doctrines of the church of Jesus Christ. And that's all legal. It's mine. It's mine. Nothing can get me any more in with God. This truth, I've been birthed. But I don't want my born-again experience to be a once-and-done 
It's not a one and done. God wants to continue to birth and mature the church of Jesus Christ so that we don't just walk toward heaven, aiming at heaven. Do you know that from his heart, from before anything began, heaven was aimed at earth? And I'm going to throw something out here, and I hope it just stimulates you a little bit, because there's not only one planet. Why? Just to make everything pretty out there for scientists? I don't think so. Something got tripped up in forward motion. And I'm I'm not advocating, I'm not bringing new doctrine, I'm just saying these are the things, guys, that have to make us curious in God. You surely weren't thinking small. When you said, let there be light, and nothing from your spoken heart, your communicated heart, nothing in this material realm has stopped. They build telescopes, get to the end of it, and then they find it's gone further. Sometimes Father God just does things on purpose to stretch us from sitting in a box. I think curiosity and even that aspect right now, I'm so overwhelmed, literally even in my natural thinking, I do not want to reduce everything to one book. There is only one book that he inspired, but this book, when you look at the book of Acts, he intended to take the book of Acts and keep writing on hearts. Keep having the expression of truth vastly showing his goodness. His goodness, not us, right guys? So that's some of it, the legal. So the legal aspect is that, but the vital is every word that he speaks to our hearts is meant to literally cause us, just like at the beginning of John, Jesus was the word in heaven before he was expressed as a human, and he was face-to-face in intimacy with God. Face-to-face. I don't know about you, but I was raised in a church that, that I would get that when I finally passed away and went to heaven. And so I, I was raised for that everything pointed that direction. And, and it felt it felt right, it felt glorifying to God, and for a season in my life, it was. Until he opened my eyes further. And I believe that all of our experiences are supposed to get more and more vital to where the doctrine we've learned ceases to simply be written words that we take into ourselves and obey. So this vital aspect is where literally your relationship with God begins to manifest in the earth. And almost, just painting pictures here, not creating a new doctrine, create a magnetic force that causes you to, or God, to be able to draw people to himself through your life and the testimony of your life. Jesus' life preached the truth of the goodness of God. So the legal is what we accept as truth. We believe it. And we may say we're born again. 
Vital is to actually experience and encounter the truth, handling it and using what's revealed to actually bring change to our lives personally and then share it openly so that others may also be transformed. You know, I think, or I feel that, and actually I know, evangelism is not something we do. It's who we are. Because to evangelize is to proclaim the good news. So really, we live through him, and our lives proclaim. Evangelize the planet. I think there's more of that transpiring through the church. Anybody with me? I mean, I think all of us have got these avalanches happening in our thinking. Um... So next year we're going to delve into scripture in a way that allows fresh insight, new experiences, and a confidence and stability that is, and yeah, I mean to be dramatic, earth-shaking. You know, there's a song um, that we sing, and in the chorus we sing, all the earth will shout his praise. Remember that song? I can't right now think of the tune or I would sing it, but every time I hear that, all the earth... I literally touch myself. We're the earth. We're the earth that can express the goodness of God, express the profoundness of his faithful love, right? So all the earth is going to do some earth-shaking things. When my earth shakes, when my earth shakes under perhaps trials in life, could be good things that go on, but sometimes it's trials in life that shake us to the core, What a tool in the hand of God. That my earth would shake in desperation for God. Are you with me? So I'm going to pose a question. This is not for you to answer here tonight. Um, I would ask that you just allow yourself to ponder it over the holiday. And when we come back in January, you know, it's your decision with God But will you commit yourself? And I'm asking myself this. Will I commit myself to growth and maturity in personal truth from Jesus, the living word? I'm finding for myself, it's not that he is pushing aside doctrine that I've learned. It's that he's taking it out of the box so I can see the real intention of him teaching me these truths. I love that it has changed my life. And transformed my life. But God wants to take our trust of him. And impact the people around us. How else? In a natural family. How else do little children. Learn how to be confident. And face the world. They watch their parents. So again. How will each of us speak Jesus? How will we speak salvation? I think, too, um, and Pastor Gavin alluded to this in his message Sunday, and I've been pondering this a whole lot, um, the aspect of the upper room. You know that, um, probably most of you don't know this, when this church first came into existence, the, the very, very beginning, it was called the upper room. The upper room, because they met in an upper room in a place in Warrington. 
when I came into it, it had already become um, Living Faith Bible Church. But the upper room, I, you know, many things are prophetic gestures. So here we find ourselves at a place, I believe, that um, God wants each one of us, particularly in so on Wednesday nights, in our lives personally, to have upper room experiences. You know, one of the things, one of the principles from Scripture is that um, agreement is incredibly powerful. You can even see where evil agrees on this planet, and it can run entire nations. Don't agree with what it's trying to do to our nation. But it can. When humans, when two or more humans come into agreement completely and set their mind and their heart and all of their being to accomplish something, it won't be withheld from them. Now let's take that. That's a biblical spiritual principle. That's not an evil principle. But the enemy has no laws of his own, so he uses God's spiritual laws with humans. And God's spiritual laws work. So let's take it and look at ourselves here together in agreement on Wednesday nights. We worship God. We're in agreement. The Bible says that if two or more agree as touching anything, it'll be done for them. And the Bible says that if two agree, two puts a thousand to flight, a thousand of whatever to flight. That could be angelic beings in the good for God, but it also can be evil. Two puts a thousand to flight. What about more than two? It's not just going to be addition, guys. It's going to be exponential. It's multiplied. If two puts a thousand to flight, then what about however many come on Wednesday nights? What about however many are in this fellowship? What about the number of people in our church family and all the people that each one of us influence? You're getting into numbers now that you can't add and subtract in your head. Because every human being has a profound impact on at least 250 people in their life. At least 250. I hope you guys hear my heart. Because all we have to do is lean into God and say, you can fill me. John 1 said... We were all fulfilled in him. He's got a plan for our lives that if we simply just say, you know what, I'm ready to live fully in the vital. I don't know what that'll look like, Jesus. I don't know what that will require of me, but I don't even have to worry about that because anything that you would ask me to do or lead me into, you've empowered me and you will teach me the truth regarding that. You see, so often we don't move because we think we're not mature in the word of God or we've not yet learned the word. I promise you, God is going to teach you the word. You may find things. I mean, I didn't understand the whole thing about the baptism with the Holy Spirit when I got baptized in the spirit, but I got baptized in the spirit. And then progressively over the past almost 32 years, I've learned more about it to realize that I so have that in a box, that it's a joke and a half. I mean, the baptism with the Spirit is the fullness of the Spirit. It's being immersed in the Spirit. That's an avalanche type of experience. That's not a one and done, oh, I've got my shamatata. 
I got my language now I can pray. Yes, I do. And thank you, Jesus. But even that language evolves continually. And I find myself speaking differently depending on maybe what's going on. God knows how to say what he wants to say and how to touch what he wants to touch. Are you all with me? I know that some of this might feel provocative or like, yeah, we've heard you say this before. You have never heard me say it like I'm saying it tonight. I promise you. Because we have never entered 2022. And we have never entered another year after coming out of almost two years of a global pandemic. Where God set the stage for an avalanche of salvation. Aside from everything else that was going on on this planet. This pandemic has harmed a lot of families. The people on this planet are crying out for God. Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to talk about an upper room without... Let's go to the upper room. And if you want to close your eyes on this, close your eyes. Because this wasn't a one and done. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, there were Jewish worshipers who had emigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Elamanites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central, Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, What is this phenomena? But others poked fun at them. And said, they're just drunk of new wine. Peter stood up with the eleven apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. 
These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and miracles, mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear, for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. This man's destiny was prearranged. For God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about him. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, but just let it wash over you. Because God's doing this type of thing. He's done playing church. I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises and I have hope that my body will live. Because you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay. For you have revealed to me the pathways of life, and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. My fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt that our noted patriarch has both died and been buried in his tomb, which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referencing to himself with those words, talking about David. But he, as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection, and God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. Can you see it? God has resurrected Jesus, and we have all seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest honor, and the Father gave him the authority to send and send the promised Holy Spirit. Hello, the promised Holy Spirit, guys. What are we going to do with him? I mean, that's where I'm at when I read scripture. What are we going to do with the Holy Spirit? What are we going to do with him? What's he doing inside of you? Sometimes even the desperation that, okay, God, I can't handle any more of this life on planet Earth. Sometimes that is the greatest doorway that God ever opens for us. When we say, I'm so done, what are you done with tonight? Seriously, I'm not even going to read more now. What are you done with tonight? As Peter preached this message, 3,000 men, and there were others present, got saved. 3,000. 3,000 as he released his heart. 
We say, well, that's what he was ordained. What are you ordained for? What are you going to preach? This is the man preaching that in order for people to not think he'd walked with Jesus, he cussed and acted common. So, so that people wouldn't, you know, like, because he was afraid. And yet then he comes out here and as the new church is opening up, well, there's a new church opening up now. There, there's something happening in the church of Jesus Christ. Because I think all of us are at this place where I'm not going to just keep attending church. Attending church, attending her church. Because some of you are so young, you're thinking, good gosh, this is like another 70 years of just going to church. I'm serious. And, I, and if you feel like I'm, yeah, I'm punching at some things personally. Because some of us have cut our teeth on this living word. And that's beautiful and wonderful. To what end though? Are we going to truly nurture Seriously, if you're called to leadership, if you're called to preach and teach this word, if you are gifted and anointed to father and mother and nurture people out of church religion into the mighty pasture of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and do it. And some of it is just committing. Next year, we're going to have some upper room experiences in here. And I'm not talking about just for the goosebumps or even put the anointing on me, Jesus. No, unlock the treasures of our lives, Jesus. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I sit here realizing I've had the privilege to be in this household, taught the word of God for nearly 32 years. That's almost half of my life. And I have the privilege to be a mother in the spirit. God, open my eyes to what that really means. It makes me laugh, sort of. I had no idea when I I sat with Jesus and I knew that I was going to close out the the final meeting of 2021. And I have such, I cannot even tell you the expectations I have for you guys. I can't tell you how undone and honored I am that you come every Wednesday night. That you, your hunger and even your desperation and Because again, we can agree. We can agree for a salvation in this region that is not the normal church expression. We're 30 miles from the seat of government of this nation. As a nation, we have more influence on this planet than any other nation. And our forefathers chose to say that this was one nation under God and the only way that that's going to remain true is not simply a vote every four years it's going to take more than that
in our midst here on Wednesday nights as the kids, the little children come in and all the way down to babies babies in here moving in the spirit what's happening here family wise on Wednesday nights this is not a small thing these little they're not little in spirit but these little cars carrying big spirits God is doing an agreement that is going to astound us tiny children learning to worship learning to be unafraid the atmosphere we have here you guys hearts has said it with the spirit of God that that's why these children if you've noticed progressively now they come right up in the middle of our pre-service prayer time they're not afraid numerous ones of them not afraid to take the mic and speak in an adult arena because they're not thinking adult they are functioning in the spirit God is maturing us as a church as the church as the ecclesia as the ones called graciously out of dark mentalities into the light of Jesus and so in our hearts in our lives in our minds the very power of resurrection is happening I'm going to end with this Um, this morning in um, my time with the Lord um, I was sitting there and I was just pondering some different things with him and felt he was talking to my heart different things and I had read the scriptures and you know for me anyways often there are themes you know he'll he'll go certain places and I just started um, getting provoked with the idea of the word unconditional unconditional God loves with an unconditional love and I started thinking again don't hear what I'm not saying this was me in my thought processes with God as he was touching my heart about his love I think maybe I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg and understanding the unconditional love and acceptance of God. And I think in the church we're just beginning to even begin to know how to teach that. Because I think much of what we have taught through the years has been very principle oriented and which is not wrong, sowing and reaping as long as the earth remains, sowing and reaping. Seed time and harvest but I think often we can teach about Father God from a position of consequence. If you do this, then He will do this. And it's that's that's not totally wrong. It's just it's not the full picture from Father God's heart. Because in spite of the sin wrenched planet 
and the darkness that can come out of humans. He sent Jesus for the whole world. So our perspective on unconditional acceptance needs to be broadened. Doesn't take away our accountability to truth when we know it. Just don't put on others what you feel is your own personal conviction of how he is walking with you. Because often we can turn people away simply by bringing what we already know and then they feel they'll never measure up. And truth is, they don't have to. Jesus looked across at his cross mate, a thief, an actual criminal, who says to him, Lord, remember me. The word Lord actually means supreme in authority, so he was acknowledging the authority figure. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus looks at him and says, you'll be with me. And he said he only said what the Father told him to say. So who said that? The thief. Upper room. A wind took hold of them that there's no way we could understand. A baptism of spirit took place that it's time for us to take it out of the box and really be immersed. It's time for us to basically allow an avalanche I want an avalanche of this. I love this word. I can sometimes sit with my Bible on my lap and my thighs get hot. I don't know what that is. I've just learned that that's God somehow speaking to me that this word is alive. I'm not saying you got to feel heat come off your leather Bible. But there's something with respect to that word that I have never been the same since Jesus speaks that to me and I want him to speak more and I want to let him speak more. I want to let him take truths that I have in a neat little doctrinal box and I want him to show me how to let them go. I'm tired of them in a box. So I can't answer for you, but I'm letting go of any forms of struggle with a faith life Or the title Christian. And I believe this school of word and worship. Will be more filled with word. And worship this coming year. Than it ever has been before. Because I believe you guys are in the same boat I'm in. There's more. There's way more. He's bigger. He's more loving. He's kinder. His tolerance astounds me. Personally, if I were God, I would let me go up and smoke. And there'd be nothing left but the dust in the air like when a fire burns out. But he's chosen to keep me. That's pretty wild to me. And it makes me want to honor him more. 
So I hope, no, I don't hope, I already know. I know you guys, I know you after the Spirit. We're headed somewhere beautifully together. So I encourage you over the holiday, just let your heart just come to an easy place. And just know that it is God who works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. And so if we simply let go and say, you know what? I'm not even going to fight it by trying to please you. I'm not going to try to do better next year. I'm going to let my guard down. And I'm going to let you touch me in ways and maybe even touch me in places I've been a little scared or timid for you to come, Jesus. Father, I declare I'm not afraid. I'm taking off fig leaves and all forms of covering that have nothing to do with you. And I thank you, Father, for building us as a team, as a community, as a family here in this house. But tonight I'm speaking about us on Wednesday nights. I thank you, Father, you'll bring in others who are hungry, who are desperate. I thank you for increase, Father God, in not just what happens in this room, but who enters this room. Father, I thank you that in the Spirit, my heart of love can invite all people groups to this room. And I thank you that our community here has no prejudice. None. Because you love unconditionally. And you've bred us, made us in your own image. That your very love lives inside of us. And so I thank you, Father, that we can agree tonight that our hearts are ready for a new, a new year a new season, a new expression. And I say thank you ahead of time, Father God. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas to you, to your families. Um, As I said in our pre-service prayer, I'm believing for just immense increase for you, spirit, soul, and body. And um, my door is always open. My ears always open to your hearts. Um, If you need anything from me, holler. Faculty would say the same thing. We love you guys.